Glass the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown, founder of the Lead Her Shift Movement, internationally best-selling author, speaker, and executive coach, affectionately known to my clients as the catalyst because I make shift happen. My purpose in life is to inspire, empower, and transform lives. I wake each morning with the mission to help you lead with confidence, speak with influence, and connect strategically by getting out of your own head so you can lead. And by lead, I mean learn, experience, apply, and develop. Walking Through Glass, the podcast, is not about breaking through the glass ceiling. It's all about the struggle we face on our journey walking through the glass, the fear, anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome. You know, those limited beliefs, negative self-talk, and other BS meaning belief systems that get in the way of us living the life that we dream and desire. It is time today to make the shift to clarity, confidence, and consistency. And I am so honored to have on the show today, having a conscious conversation with me, Miss Vendia, oh, got to get this right, Vendia? Founder and CEO of Zenmo, I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. She'll correct me in a minute if I did it. Um, who has really been revolu- been a revolutionary in the marketplace, especially the foodie community? How many of you foodies are out there? And being a foodie at heart, I am too. And a product strategist, she has given. She has the perfect platform to help change the way, I won't even say transform the way people experience food. And she's been doing this well over 20 years. And without further ado, I'm going to let Vendia just tell her a little bit more about herself and share herself with you. Welcome. Hi, Dina. Thank you so much. And uh, this is Vidya. And hi, everybody. Love your intro music and your introduction right there. So much positivity and and excitement. And uh, it's wonderful to be part of this conversation. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you. And I was and I was trying to write out phonetically and I still in my mind and I've taken like French, a couple of the foreign languages. I always add an accent. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. You were close. You were close. Um, Okay. Vidya. I yes. changed it. I did, I did. Now I broke it down more um, in a pronunciation key. So now that I got all right, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and I, I want to even jump into um, 
the conver- the pre-conversation, we were almost, we're getting ready to start. We were talking about walking through glass and what that is. And so, cause it was so fresh, I'm just going to go right there um, to hear your insights on even the whole concept of like, what is walking through glass even mean to you? Yeah, it's interesting because when you reached out to me and we arranged this whole thing, it it you know through the email you had sent, I of course looked you up and I, I saw some interesting speeches out there and uh, YouTube videos, etc. But I still couldn't quite figure out what walking through glass really means. It's an expression I've never heard before, but it also gave me an opportunity to think about what it really means, right? And I think it it depends. It can be interpreted in multiple different ways. Um, when I think of this, two two experiences come to mind. One <laughs> is, yeah, one is as a working mother, as a mom, as a woman. Um, it is challenging out there, right? So uh, it's kind of I'm imagining visually um, a path ahead of me with a lot of broken pieces of glass that I have to walk around and maneuver to get to where I need to get to. That's one thing I can think of visually what this could mean. Um, the second thing is, you know, as a career woman, and, and I was in a corporate rat race for many years before becoming an entrepreneur, and um, walking through glass also could mean, you know, you kind of think your path is clear and you can see through it. But as you walk fast with so much enthusiasm and energy, you end up hitting a glass wall that you didn't even know was there before. And now you have like yeah, these, like, these, these two things came to mind. <laughs> I'm too far off. <laughs> no, because it's what it, the thing is, what you think and believe and how you interpret it, it's all true because it's how it relates and connects and resonates with you. And when, when I came up with the term and it was a divine download of walking through glass, it stemmed from a lot of the work I was doing as an executive coach with many um, high powered executive men and women, but my heart and passion, of course, is with women, because what you said as wives and moms and sisters and, you know, caretakers, you know, that role that we play. And that's the one that I can identify the most with. I realized that getting the job and breaking down that barrier and getting a seat at the table was a challenge, but we can do that. We can show up there. What was really the challenge is after we've shattered the glass and we're in the room, how we're walking through those roles, how we see ourselves, our self-talk, how we present ourselves, the doubts, the fears that we have of whether I can do it, should I do it? And if I'm doing this here, am I now less than a mother? Am I not the greatest wife? Am I not the favorite daughter? And so what goes on in our head is what I call those glass shards that cut us, but we still keep it's interesting because one of you know one of the things I identify a lot with, of course, you know I do have imposter syndrome. I'll be the first one to admit it. Um, not every day, but then there are days when I feel the blues and I have self doubt, and um, there's there's all those roller coaster emotions, right? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And so as I came through, and I tell people I was my first patient. And so when I, and in my experience as a former school administrator, I was a school principal for nearly 10 years and an educator over 25 years. And I worked for the Department of Defense for 17 of those years. And so my role within was, of course, to be all for everyone, community, you know, students, you know, everyone. And I didn't have a space for me. 
And I was in a heavily male dominated space in um, educational leadership. So, and then at another intersectionality piece to that, that I was a young, black, dynamically amazing, beautiful female <laughs> in a heaven dominated male space. You know, it sounds then, very similar to, to tech, actually, especially tech financial services. Um, yes, yes. Right? Then, often you're the only female in the room and... Uh, yeah. To tell my, yes. I have the the double whammy. I'm a I'm a woman of color and I'm female, so it's it's, yeah. you know, um, yeah, yes. can totally relate and, to everything you're saying right now. Exactly. And so when I wanted to, and how walk where walking through glass came from is that I actually had been working on the other book anthology that I just released, Testimony, the journey of me on the road to I am, and I was like, oh, is it a memoir? Is it this? And and so I was shelving it, but I was driving one day. And I just got really hit with, you know, this, I was, had been talking to a client and really bad. I mean, just really tough woman, you know, strong, very outwardly just has it all, but inwardly very broken. And as they, those, and she wasn't the only one and she was sharing what her journey was like. And, and I was helping her process through how to still show up with confidence and clarity and be consistent it was like, you know what? I keep hearing people talk about, I'm a researcher. I love research. And I hear people talk about breaking the glass ceiling. we got to break through the glass ceiling. And so what spoke to my spirit, but how are we helping women walk through the glass? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Help them break through the break ceiling. It. Once you them. break it, you know, what does it even mean? And, and what does that journey look like? What does that journey look like? And so I realized that that was my space. So can I teach you how to be a badass in the boardroom and hold your, you know, superwoman pose and and speak clearly? And I, t- I can and I do do that. But if you're broken inside, then actually you are wearing a mask and you are a bastardized version of yourself, and you will never be able to show up in your authentic truth unless you deal with all this stuff inside of you. And so I realized that I wanted that to be what I focused on. And no, so when I- That's fantastic, uh, Dina. That's fantastic. Yeah, it, thank you. I, mean, I, I, I love the word you used, authentic, right? It's, it's the, yeah. is the core to everything we do. And oftentimes, you know, what I've found is in my career, uh, a lot of these companies now are more conscious about diversity and inclusion. And, you know, they consciously develop females, uh, people of color, et cetera. But the point that you're making is, okay, you have a seat at the table, you have the role. How do you manage that from inside of you? You know, um, often we tend to think about these kinds of issues as external, but what you're tackling is the internal aspect of it as well, of the individual that um, if addressed the right way can empower us even more in this journey. So I, I think it's, it's, it's really unique and I love it. Well, thank you. And, and like you've shared and you kind of gave us little tidbits about being, you know, corporate, being in the corporate space and making that transition to entrepreneurship. Why did you choose to become an entrepreneur after 20 plus years of being in corporate? And what new things did that have to stir? Did you have to learn about yourself in that new role and space? Oh my God. Where do I even start? (laughs) Um, I, I think, you know, when you talk about a person, there's just so many dimensions, right? There's physical, intellectual, spiritual, which I deeply feel. And I think for me personally, um, I've enjoyed my career. I mean, I was in Wall Street, in tech and in senior roles. 
very, very aggressive, fast-paced, competitive, and um, not a minute to even like step back and think about yourself kind of a thing. And on top of that, you know, living in New York, uh, we typically have long commutes and just in general, long work days. And I also have two amazing kids uh, who are teenagers in high school and of course a husband. And um, I just felt like being in that corporate uh, race, if you will, and and that um, rut, it felt like I, I, I felt stifled, to be honest with you. I mean, I was having fun, I was challenged intellectually. I felt like I was adding value, making an impact, making a difference. But at the end of the day, when I would come back home and, and just before that bedtime, when you kind of reflect on your day, you know, it felt like it was just repetitive. It's the same thing. And there was this nagging feeling that um, I have so much more to offer to this world and this community in a very positive way than working for like one company, one bank and, and you know, supporting a very specific function for that bank. You know, I, I've always believed and, and staying in that corporate track, I wasn't going to be able to ac- accomplish any of that, right? So for me, it was that. The second thing is, you know, the authenticity that you talked about, right? Am I able to bring back, bring sort of my entire self to whatever role I'm playing in the corporate sense, right? Uh, I creativity, or am I in this constrained box that says, yeah, you can do your best, but here are the, you know, barriers to that. Here are the five things you got to play by. And I felt like that kind of also limited me as a person, as an individual. Um, it was a very tough decision, you know. I was I was doing extremely well, had a big role with a big company, and uh, the um, analogy I give my friends is it felt like I, I was going to jump off a cliff. And wow. it, it was such a big deal. And I have never been a consultant or entrepreneur before, but luckily, you know, I think uh, the equity I had put into relationships definitely helped me and. Uh, I started doing some consulting about a year, year and a half ago. And then I also started Zimo, which is a startup in the food industry. That's what you were um, introducing. And uh, Zimo is really meant to connect uh, freelance chefs with foodies and venues. Of course, in the current environment where we're all <laughs> homebound, uh, kind of trying to see how we can help the chefs because the hospitality industry is the worst hit at this point. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but I think it, it's it's being able to do these things, right? I think that freedom, that liberation, that creativity, um, and uh, the ambition and the drive to do uh, have an impact at a much larger scale. I think that's really what drove me, and, and it still drives me today. Mm, that's great, and I, and I am glad that you mentioned like kind of like the current um, climate and the impact that it's having, mm-hmm. and that we take. And again, with that being the pivot from corporate to entrepreneurship, given climates like these, do you ever second guess your decision? In the early days, I was. um, Did I do the right thing? Did I give up something certain and uh, fantastic? Something that's, you know, um, helped me grow as a person over the last several years did I give that up too easy? But that lasted only for a very little time. I think the, the kind of people I met with, the kind of um, things I've learned. And and you asked about the self-learning, right? I mean, I think we all discover ourselves on a daily basis. And if you put in more effort, you know, that journey can be really, really beautiful and meaningful. And for me personally, you know, I'll give you an example, right? I've I've done yoga growing up, but because of the commute, I've just never had the time. But since I stopped 
my long commute to work and I picked up something a little bit more uh, on the creative side, I was able to focus on my well-being as well because I was eating better. I started doing yoga every day. Um, I think it, it connected me back to my spiritual self, which wow. in turn energized me in such a positive way. And, you know, my creativity has been at an all-time high over the last few months than it has ever been before. That's 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 something I just feel because everywhere I see, I see an opportunity. You know, how can I help? What can I do in this situation? So even with this um, pandemic that we're all facing, clearly all of us are working from home and locked down. Kids are, you know, not at school, et cetera. But one of the things across the globe we're struggling with is lack of testing, right? I mean, how many people have symptoms but uh, are not able to get tested because we don't have enough test kits. So mm-hmm. I'm putting together a website, which I'm hoping is going to be up by tomorrow, where people can go and self-declare their symptoms and put some additional you know, zip code, gender, et cetera, some basic information, an anonymous survey, which I'm hoping can help us track this pandemic a little bit better, you know, even without people mobbing all the um, hospitals and emergency centers. So everywhere I see, I think right now my perspective is so different. I would say it's more externally focused. I mean, previously when I was in my corporate setting, it was very internally focused. You know, who do I need to please today? Who, what, what do I need to deliver to get that promotion? You know, it was always that way, but now it's more, what can I do for the larger universe and the community? And how can I impact uh, my society in a positive way? And uh, Zimo is founded on the same mission. Uh, we're pivoting right now to see how we can help the freelancing chefs who are very, very highly impacted. Um, as far as I know, as, as I'm seeing all these posts on Facebook, et cetera, people looking for jobs, people losing jobs overnight. They don't have a way to pay their rents. So right. this, this being an entrepreneur has given me the, the platform to really solve these kind of problems without any of those constraints around me. That makes sense. Oh, my whole heart just kind of expanded. <laughs> I just kind of, oh my God, this is so beautiful. I don't want to cry. It was just <laughs> because I, I, feel, I feel the same way. I'm a, I'm, a high analytical creative, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I take a test. I'm right there on the border. I think abstractly, but I scaffold and I put things in order. Mm-hmm. I can. I didn't realize that was a superpower because I thought everybody did it until I realized oh, it they absolutely did it. is a superpower. <laughs> I didn't know. And so people's like, "How do you do that?" I'm like, "Oh, you didn't see it. You didn't see the big picture, you know." <laughs> and um, and to be able to do that, and so. Um, even a couple of my clients who are entrepreneurs and who are in the service industry, stylists and et cetera. I was on a call last night and we were talking about, I said, as she was speaking, I said, here's an opportunity for you to now expand into some of the areas we talked about. You said you never had time for. And that was creating um, more scalability and creating more of a uh, online presence and create, mm-hmm. you know, create things that it didn't take you to execute. And so we brainstormed over different types of packages and the way that she rolled it out and to really being able to serve people at this time, but also expand her business that is going to sustain after the Corona crisis. So not just looking, I just want to plug the hole for right now, but wow, we've been talking about ways to expand your business into these other areas that give you a little bit more buffer when something like this does happen, think how we can look at the opportunity. So I a hundred percent align with your thinking of every time something pops up, I think what's the opportunity because yeah. you can 
a plan. You can either, you know, panic or get purposeful. You can <laughs> the yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's time for us to be a little bit long-term as well, because what's happening right now is unprecedented, right? It's history in the making. For, for many reasons. And I think well, it's not when we think about the bubonic plague. I mean, it's for our history, but if we go back into history. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely history repeating itself for sure. But yeah. the modern age, you know, at least, you know, we're blessed to be connected, to have, we are able to stay home, you know, thank God for Netflix, right? I think, I think um, we are definitely uh, blessed in that way. But I think the point you're making is really, really valid. Uh, what comes after this, right? How is this going to change us permanently? And what are some of the things we kind of want to go back to how it was before? Um, I actually wrote a blog on this. It's getting published tomorrow, which I'll be happy to share with you. Oh, I would love to. And definitely. <laughs> yeah, my, pers- my perspective was as a working mom and, uh, you know, um, dual income family, you know, my husband and I, we both work. We have kids who are very active, always in a frenzy of activity with uh, everything that's going on out there. And now there's many different ways to kind of satisfy those requirements. So we kind of, I think as a family, as any uh, American family, average family, we worked ourselves into that frenzy of activities and we've never really found time to just stay home. And even if we take time off, it's always for a vacation or travel where you end up doing another set of activities. So I think this has given us all just be home with each other all the time. Yeah, you're working remotely, et cetera, but you know what? You're done at 5, 5.30, and that's it. You're just with each other all the time, and, uh, you know, it's it's actually, there's something nice about it. I think we we all have to take a step back and think about um, what can this give us? What can this teach us right now? And how do we emerge out of this as better people on the other side? Mm-hmm. There, There's this really amazing... Um, thing that occurred last night. I was downstairs and I had my son, again, I have a high school or two, so you know, my school senior. And I did ask him, how does he feel about kind of what's happening, what's going? We did have to cancel a college school visit to go check out the college he's going to go to. You know, we were doing that during spring break. Mm-hmm. So we did. Campus closed down. And I said, but you know, we still can go do something together. We can go for a hike. We can go, we live around you know, water mountains, et cetera. And you're a hundred percent right that it's time to spend together. So I said, Hey, let's pull out the Scrabble and spend some time, you know, doing that. Or you want to watch movies together because these are some precious moments to spend with our children and our family. And to, again, look at how we can connect where we were passing ships in the night. So last night, I've been asking, well, they don't watch a movie, watch a movie together in between me working. And he's like, Oh no. So last night he comes downstairs and I'm looking like, are you okay? What's going on? <laughs> He's like, no, just kind of tired sitting in my room. So he sat down and we just kind of had some amazing conversation and just time in each other's presence. Because I told him, I just like looking at you. I just like looking at you um, and spending that time around you. And you're right that we can, we have a choice on how we're going to process this situation. And we kept saying, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time. Well, now you do. Yeah, what are you going to do with it, right? That's the question. Oh, and I think, I think as long as you're not in the, the frontline worker, uh, you know, medical professional, and a big thank you to them, of course, I want to shout out. But, yeah, you know, I most, of us, most of us, our bigger, biggest issue is or inconvenience is that our Amazon Prime delivery is getting delayed. You know what I mean? So it's, we yeah. have to, 
we have to put things in perspective, right? And uh, yeah, I think I think well, it's an opportunity to do that. Our special, and you're and you're right, but I do empathize with the people working in the casino industry in Las Vegas. All shut down. Some not going to be paid after two weeks. Some not going to be paid. You know, that sense of uncertainty. That understanding of, oh my goodness, this is uncertain. But in that moment, after you, I tell people, take a moment, tell clients, take a moment, don't make it a memory. Have a moment of, oh my gosh, what's happening? And then you take whatever minutes you need it. And then you go, okay, now what can I do? Now, what can't I do? Now, what can I do? Because there are still things, because even within the crisis, even in the pandemic, it now opens up new opportunity to be creative because currency flows. It's going to continue to flow. Mm -hmm. I have to do something a little bit different. So what about that dream that was deferred? What about the fact that you always wanted to teach an art class? Now you can teach it virtually. What Mm -hmm. if you wanted to write the book, go write the book and publish it. Maybe you wanted to, you know, there's all these other little pieces. Absolutely. I'm, I'm calling this the big reset. That's what it is for all of us. Huge reason. As, uh, yeah, as a humanity. And I think from a business perspective, it's also the time to be creative, to think about things differently, right? If you, again, that's what we've done at Zimo. It's a startup and the product hasn't launched yet. You know, luckily for us, we were able to pivot. I mean, the whole point of Zimo was to be a marketplace to build communities, you know, to build um, uh, local communities where foodies, chefs, everyone comes together for that experience and but now we've pivoted to say, you know what, our first launch in about three weeks or so is going to be to support the chefs where they can, uh, you know, how do we get them to weather this uh, storm that's happening out there? And how do we help them survive through this? And then on top of that, long term, how do we position them to have this additional revenue stream that they can rely they on? The online cooking classes. Yeah. Say that again. And they thought about the online cooking classes mm-hmm. and how certain foods you know and yeah, absolutely all sorts of things are possible i love i'm a foodie i'm not a chef <laughs> i love food to create an art so i you know i don't do a lot of measuring i think what kind of taste what kind of feeling what kind of energy do i want to create and then i create you know um and i'm pretty good at it but awesome by but no way like a chef but i i love the the artistry of it. And so when I'm sitting here thinking about, okay, different ways to, to weather this storm, I know lots of people go, I don't even tell me how you make that. I get that all the time. And I know people Mm -hmm. are doing it out there in certain places. They got HGTV and all that, but here's another way to say, Hey, support me as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and let me fund and do, um, at home cooking show. Here's survival food, you know, for the crisis years. Yeah. There are a lot of people out there who are not able to cook. You know, there's elder couples, there's, there's, uh, you know, people with uh, small children, single parents. I mean, there's a lot of people who need help. Yeah. You yeah. get groceries and then, then what, right? What? <laughs> and then you get tired of the same food. How about telling me and teaching me how to take this food? I look at what gets some of the highest hits is that when people tell you, here's how to make this out of this. And here's kind of what you started with. Did you realize you could do this? Right. And there's all room in that space and there's still you know room and expansion um in that space as well and so these are all the things that are part of like i said walking through glass you take that moment and once that fear exists but it doesn't have to have a vote 
Yeah, and I think at, at a spiritual level, it's it's really important to recognize what's happening as well, right? I think we all maybe have um, become a little too comfortable with, with life and, oh, yeah. and leveraging the resources given to us by nature. And uh, as I said, it's a big reset in, in any which way you look at it, right? I hope we all come out of this smarter and uh, more unified as a community globally. And yeah. Petty differences. Uh, I think there's a part of the message that's being missed. There's an underlying message that's being missed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that how healthy and immune, the self care piece, mm-hmm. healthy people, strong immune systems no, are sitting. I touch that. Yeah. So that's a big thing. The spark for Zimo really came from that, right? I mean, as a working mom, I've always had this guilt that I'm not feeding my kids well, you know, half at half the time we order in or uh, we don't know who's making the food. It's, as you said, the same five things and um, being able to give them a balanced diet. And, and what I realized is we as a community, many of us do not eat well, even if we have the means to do so. It's because yeah. of time, lack of options. Oh, I don't know where to go get good food. I want to eat well, but this is more convenient, you know? So I think we kind of fall into the trap. And what you said is absolutely the, the foundational belief I have personally. Um, I really believe in, you know, you are what you eat and whatever is happening should be a wake-up call from a self-care perspective as well. Completely, completely agree there with you. Yeah, so, I mean, like, wow, this this is such a amazing um expansive topic and mm-hmm. i know we like close up i know those 30 minutes go so fast don't they oh my <laughs> god <laughs> but you definitely have to come back and you definitely oh, have to talk to. about the launch and even more about what you're doing and some of the solutions um that you had and definitely have to give us the link to the blog and when i'm when the post when the show goes up into the portal i'll make sure i put the link to the blog in there as well. <laughs> we That's wonderful, want- Dina. I would love to come back and, uh, you know, hoping to do my part and in, in helping the community out there. And uh, thank you for having me. And I want to make sure that everybody stays safe as we all get through this big thing going on around us. And uh, we'll absolutely love to come back and talk more about Zimo or any other topic. Yes. And how do we find you? How Someone's like, okay, my goodness, because you've dropped so many amazing um, nuggets and also your voice. I'm like, I can just sit and listen to her for like ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how can we you out in the big social distancing world? <laughs> you could find me virtually. So um, you could look me up on Zimo, Z-Y-M-M-O. It means dough in Greek. That's why we picked the name and uh, all our bios are there of the team and advisors and uh, at Zimo.com. Take a look at that and uh, feel free to drop us a note. We'll definitely do that. And I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and to listen and listen. And and if you have, you know, some other questions out there um, or you have some other ideas that you definitely want um, myself and my guests to have conscious conversations about, please feel free to drop them in to the comment section or go ahead and send them in to info at waywithwordspublishing.com. But more importantly today, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Walking Through Glass and know that you have the power 
and the authority to transform your situation. So get clear about what you really want, which will lead to you being confident about who you are called to be and allow you to stay consistent on how you are called to serve. And with that, I say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Walk Into Glass. And please share with someone that you love. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.